I really didn't think he was like a weird dude. I thought he was just like a normal guy, but God, he's weird, man. If if you if they if they like had a news story and like Russell Wilson does blank, would it surprise you anything they put in the blank? No. No, no. me neither. He's a weird dude. And I don't trust weird guys. I don't. Or gals. But. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up, up here, He's Aaron Haltzman. It is Thursday, October 6th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, dude? What's up, dude? We're going to get right to it this uh, this week. We've got, we've got a lot to do this week. This is the... Mo- I, we- Pretty pretty positive. This is the most race coverage you're ever going to get before or after ever on this show. Blinkers off. We're covering 14 Breeders' Cup Challenge Series. And there's honestly, there's other races we could cover that aren't Breeders' Cup, quote unquote. But I'm like, no, you got to, you got to, <laughs> you got to stop. We were trying to decide how many to do. We're like, well, shit. I mean, if you're doing eight, you might as well do. 14 you know you might as well cover them all so it's the last weekend of breeders cup challenge races um in the united states and this is it like we're up it's over we're, we're all eyes on the breeders cup after that yeah it's kind of crazy but this this is it like you said and, and we got a bunch last week and now we're gonna have to learn what we're gonna have to learn right here this weekend and then it's time to to start narrowing down the actual fields that's pretty incredible to think uh it can't get any bigger this weekend as far as just the massive amount. Friday through Sunday, eh, your head's going to spin by the time this thing's over. There is so much going on at so many different tracks. But right front and center is Keeneland. It's back. Cannot wait for this meet. Uh, and, of course, it ends with the Breeders' Cup, which makes it even better. Well, there's a bunch of these divisions. You know, I did a bunch of videos uh, today on, on different divisions. And, you know, obviously, like the <clears throat> the Classic and uh, – and the disc tap and some of those, you kind of feel like you have a little bit of an idea uh, for that top spot. But there's a bunch of horses running this weekend um, that are kind of determining where they're going to go. You know, um, you look at a horse like Warlike Goddess, which is not we're not going to talk about her race because it's not technically uh, a challenge race. But that's going to determine if we see her, you know, in the Breeders' Cup, really, because Mod has said if she's going to run in the Breeders' Cup, it's going to be in the on the turf like in the the main turf race because she wants to go long so she faces the boys this weekend um how will that go you know we'll see and that kind of dictates there's a lot of horses running this weekend that are going to be kind of making those final preparations on whether or not they're good enough to run in the breeders cup or what race they will run in the breeders cup it's kind of funny we've got 14 races we're going to talk about 
and the Breeders' Cup Disc Staff winner is running, and we're not going to talk about her because Ness is going to run in a race that's not a Breeders' Cup winning yeah. event. And then you mentioned the Warlike Goddess thing. So it's kind of weird. Even some of the other races uh, over the weekend that are stakes, they might contain Breeders' Cup horses. Uh, so it, it's it's pretty wild how that's all going to play out. And uh, I was kind of cocky, I guess, already calling her the Disc Staff winner, but uh, I, I think she's going to. So hopefully she looks good this weekend in the Bell Dame, uh, which is going to be at Belmont. Well, speaking of kind of that, you know, last look of a horse and how they're gonna how they're gonna look um, moving forward. Let's talk real quickly because we got 14 races to talk about. But last weekend, um, we kind of pegged it as like the classic division weekend in terms of the challenge races. Obviously, we know what flight line is, but we had a lot of horses running um, last weekend across the country, kind of making their final uh, stand, so to speak, and, and how they're gonna kind of look in that division and let's start with life is good halterman uh making his last start there at court you know heading into the classic he won but i don't use you, you i'll leave it to you because you mentioned if flight line's not in the race he is your pick to win the classic do you how do you stand now no he's not i mean he he just didn't look how we thought he would look he he didn't finish up the race very well he kind of was had to be urged home uh, some of it could have had to do with the sloppy track. It was kind of nasty at Aqueduct, but I think the majority of it is he just didn't quite look as good, and he didn't quite look as good in the Whitney either. So I think it's just kind of time to say, hey, Epicenter, Taba, that's probably the horses. They're going to be running for second and third in this spot. I, I'm not sure on life is good. Uh, I certainly don't want him against Flightline, um, and even if Flightline's not there, I might look elsewhere this year. It's incredible to me. The horse just just kind of went backwards. Like you think about that race in the Pegasus, he could easily I would have him beating Epicenter or Taba, you know. Uh, but now you think about his last couple, and it's like, yeah, he's just not quite what he was, and that's kind of unfortunate because that race at the Pegasus at, at Gulfstream, I, he could have beat anybody, right? And now it's right. just like, yeah, I, I don't like him for this race, and I hate that because he is one of my favorite horses. So. If I'm sitting here saying it as a guy who loves him and has loved him from day one, you know that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty down on him to say that I think Epicenter and Taba are kind of those second and third choices now for me. How much, uh, how, how high did the stock rise on uh, Hot Rod after that win? You know, because he, he did something he doesn't normally do, which means he fought back and won the race, but it beat Rich Strike. I guess Rich Strike's stock went up a little bit, but what do you, anything you take from that race? Yeah, Rich Strike's stock definitely goes up. He ran fantastic, uh, I thought. He, he had every chance to win, probably should have won. I think if his jock just rides straight, he does win. Uh, thanks for doing that, by the way, because I had a double on Hot Rod. But Hot Rod's <laughs> stock is not, no, didn't rise at all. He did what he always does, almost lose. I mean, he, he, he turns for home and he looks like he's going to be a really nice horse and he just hangs and waits and, dicks around and i don't want any part of him anywhere in the classic whatsoever and here comes the derby winner one for long to go hot rod charlie has to dig in but rich strike has swept to the lead it's rich strike in front hot rod charlie fights with him to the wire rich strike and hot rod charlie desperately close oh it's a photo but yeah i mean for Rich Strike, I think he's proving to be a pretty good horse. Um, I don't want him for the classic, really. But, you know, there's a little race called the Clark at, at Churchill Downs on uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving. That's the kind of race I think we could see him back in the winter circle. 
Yeah, it sounds like they might even do that. You know, like that may not need to run the classic. That would be smart. Yeah, exactly. Because they can't. Surely, they, you know, they can win the Clark with that with that horse. Um, because you know, ever since the, ever since the, the crazy Derby win, then it's like, well, we got to run this horse in all the tough spots, and the horse maybe just isn't quite good enough. Whereas, you know, you can get a horse like that to win a race like the Clark when everyone else has been pointing um, to the classic. All right, final horse. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about stocks going up and down. How about the stock plummeting on country grammar? This horse just, uh, if you can't get by defunded, I'm sorry. You, it, you're not going to catch flight line in the classic. You're not going to catch Taba or Epicenter or <laughs> maybe even Life is Good <laughs> or anyone either. You know, you're not going to catch Rich Strike. You're not going to catch Outrun Charlie. I mean, it was a shit effort, period. And I think, I, I, I mean, I don't know how you support him. Listen, I think he is a, true like mile and a quarter horses where he's best but his races at a mile and an eighth before before that effort was definitely good enough to be defunded and he couldn't really make up much on him defunded won that pretty comfortably that race was pretty trashy as far as we're going to come from there and now go to the classic like i'm not saying all those horses are terrible saying they are a cut below when it comes to the horses they're going to have to face in the classic yeah, it's coming more and more evident as as we've gone on that uh, you know Bob Baffert's horse is not out west. It's the horse that's been running over here, and that's Taba. So um, Country Grammar definitely seems like a cut below. It, 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 there's a lot of horses he's going to have to catch that he hasn't. He, you know what I mean? Like we know he can't catch Flightline. We saw that. That's very clear. But Epicenter. Can he catch Tava? Any of those horses? Like, yeah, he just ha- gives himself. Yeah, the whole stretch, the whole turn and stretch to get past Defunded, and you know, Defunded was asking anybody to get past them. And well, I was just did. I mean, they started asking Country Grammar on the turn, and you could tell it's like, oh, he's he's not responding. Like he he was like inching closer like with every few seconds he might get a little inch closer but yeah that's about it and it's just like he's running that's what he does though i mean just slow but surely and you're gonna i mean you're gonna need these horses to fall fall over in front of them if you're gonna get you know win the yeah. classic with that kind of effort you know what i mean yeah and i think i think some people have kind of started the narrative as they're looking to try to beat a favorite and i get it but flatline really hasn't beaten you know they he didn't beat anybody in that race you know probably accurate <laughs> but he beat him by 19 and three quarters under wraps so yeah that's the good news if you still like flight line but yeah those horses didn't come back to flatter him that's for sure speaker's corner hadn't come back to flatter him so this is definitely a different field but for him for sure but the metrics say that it won't be a problem yeah i mean if they're all behind him when they hit the top of the stretch it really doesn't matter right um yeah that's the key right um yeah, it seems like the comments are everyone wants to kind of know about the thoughts on the <laughs> the the Lucas Classic. I mean, well, that was just, between the, the Sonny Leone, like you said, riding on top of uh, of Hot Rod Charlie, basically, and then also the toe grabs. Was there toe grab? You know, toe, you know what was that um, with with the, on uh, on Hot Rod? It. What do you make of that, or do you make of anything of that? Ah. Uh, the shoe thing, I don't know, right? Like, that's somebody else's job. I don't know what kind of shoes he's supposed to wear or not wear or what who, what yeah, shoe or hat on or whatever. I even looked at the pictures closely. I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't either. 
could be kind of a shadow. I, I don't think they would be dumb enough to, well, I don't know. O'Neill's not squeaky clean, but I don't think they'd be dumb enough to put like illegal shoes on the horse. That's pretty plain as day to see. Um, the saddle slipping thing. I mean, Churchill Downs suspended the guy for 15 days. And I think that was kind of their answer, right? Because if the saddle slips and a guy falls, I don't think they're going to like, or, or not falls, but like leans into somebody else. They're probably not going to suspend him. So I think that's kind of BS. I've tried to like zoom in and watch it and I can't see it, but it's hard for me to tell. I'm not a jockey, you know, maybe it did slip a little bit. It didn't look like it visually, but it's, it's all for nothing. I think, I mean, I don't know, maybe they'll find out that he used illegal shoes, but I, I would be kind of surprised. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I watched that. I, I watched the head on again today and uh, I was just like, man, that was, that's, that was, that was really bad. You know, People were making Sonny Leone out to be some kind of superstar, and he had a superstar ride in the Kentucky Derby. This guy is just an average jockey day in and day out, right? And, and like what Michael said, he might end up being Rich Strike's worst enemy by the time this thing's over. He cost him the race, period. Because if you notice, when he leans, that's when Hot Rod re-rallies and beats him. He was clear. It was over. So I... He cost him that one. Let's see if I can pull it up real fast. Is that on there? There you go. So yeah, here's the here's the head on here. Um, obviously, it, hot rods down the middle. You can see um, Sunny Lone and and Rich Strike there on the left, and they'll meet up here in a second. And uh, he basically hops on. <laughs> I mean, I mean what's he uh, doing? Well, <laughs> He looks over and like, what the hell are you doing, son? I mean, he's got the lead right here. And then he leans over onto him. And and if you're watching the, the pan shot of it, he's ahead until he starts doing this. Yeah, it was bad. I, okay, I don't buy that for a, not even half a second right there. <laughs> not a second do i buy that <laughs> then it says the crowd beat him come on come on give me a break i think there was a few more of the derby that didn't seem to affect him that day no, <laughs> no. yeah it, this is it jalen he got a half a half length like he was he was just kidding. it was over and listen magic and i about fell out of our chairs watching this because hot rod actually won Hot Rod doesn't win close races, so you know it's 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 a lot to it. Well, dude, it. I so I was uh long story short, I, I went to Garth Brooks concerts twice this weekend, past weekend. Um <laughs> which I never never seen Garth ever. Um night one was a as a disaster. The it was the lines were crazy. We didn't even get into the show till like an hour afterwards. Um, the shuttles were disaster. So I went back the second night. I was like, I gotta see the show. Anyways. I had no service all day Saturday, none whatsoever, like zero. Um, and so I literally got home at like one, two in the morning and went through and started watching replays. And I saw that, that, that he had won, Hot Rod had won. So I watched then So then I watched the replay. I'm like, how, you know, whenever, like when he gets up the lead, like how does he ever rally back for this? Never. And then of course it happened. I couldn't believe it. That he actually did it the way it all trained. I mean, you got watching you guys, the reaction 
was hysterical because I mean I would have been the same way. That was it was so fun because Magic had a double because because Buscador. So you know Buscador won the race before and we all played him. And uh Christopher Maiello had a double to Happy Saver, and I had Hot Rod, and Magic had uh Art Collector. And <laughs> and I told him right before the race, I said, Rich Strike will beat us all because the double was paying like $60 to Rich Strike. I said, he's winning, no doubt. And they get 100 yards from the wire. I'm like, I can't believe it. All three of us are going to get knocked out by Rich Strike. How funny is this? Because these doubles are paying fantastic. Yeah. And you know, like say Hot Rod somehow, real uh, you know, kind of re-rallies. But uh, like I said, we, at, when, when it happened live, we're like, how did that just happen? But then when we see the replay, it's like, I think he pissed Hot Rod Charlie off. <laughs> well, getting getting knocked out by Rich Drag is just disgusting in any, any any in any way. So that would have been awful. And yes, Garth twice. I I know. Like never would have believed him. I first okay. Here's here's this backstory. I've, I've never seen Garth. I've, you know, I'm not a huge Garth fan now, but like growing up, I mean, it was you know that's like all you. That was he was huge, right? And uh, always wanted to see him. Well, Johnny Morris, Bass Pro, the whole guys. So he built a brand new, or they kind of redid and built a brand new um, outdoor venue at the lake. Top, you know, beautiful view over the overlooking the lake, just unbelievable. Of course, anything Bass Pro does, but it was a fucking nightmare. The way, like, it was—it's basically like they built this huge venue in the middle of back roads. Okay, so you can't traffic can't operate that way, and we literally waited for like three hours for a bus because they had made you made you park offsite. Missed the show the first night, and I was, it was just awful. With my parents, I thought I was going to have to life flight them out. And, and and I was like, you know what? I, my cousin had tickets the next day because it's like 30 minutes from my house. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to see this guy again. It's here. I've got the ticket. It's a free. He's giving me the ticket. Anyways, night two was unbelievably great. We worked our way down. We were like three people away from the stage. Um had a great time and yeah you can give me shit dennis i like garth in a concert is unbelievable it really was a fun show um had a great time but yeah so this weekend was a blur i've you know I, i've got my fix on the uh on the thunder rolls and <laughs> and uh and some of those uh some of those songs um trisha came out your girl trisha i know you're a big trisha fan so yeah that's Probably better than Garth. I <laughs> I'm not a Garth fan. He, he sang some George Strait. That was good. So you would have liked that. That I would have liked. Yeah. 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 But no, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. But anyways, all right. Let's get to today's show because we have 14 races to talk about and it's going to be it's gonna be busy. We're going to preview and get picks for a whopping 14 different Breeders' Cup winning your end Challenge Series races in the final prep weekend from Keeneland, Santinita Park, and Belmont at the Big A. Let's go. Dude, it was so funny. Like, you're like, I think you're one of the only people in South Missouri that did not go see Garth Brooks this weekend. If you look on your timeline, it's like, holy shit. I think every friend I know other than you was there. It was nuts. And I saw nobody when I was there. That's how crazy it was there. You know, you didn't see anybody. Yeah. No, I I saw pretty, like you said, it. I mean, every friend I've got seems like they were there. I know. You're like, oh, they were there. They were there. Oh, shit. Did not. To the oasis, that is a good song. I like that one. Below, 
dude, it was, uh, it was, it was crazy. It was, uh, just pandemonium is all I can say about it. It was <laughs> like great idea. I mean, there's like lawsuits. I don't know if you've heard about this like for, for the Friday, there's lawsuits going down. Like, I think I, I read that like 20 some people got hit by cars on Friday because so what people started doing, they started walking. Okay. So we, the offsite location was like four or five miles from the venue. People were like, fuck this. I'm walking. Cause you could, you could tell real quick, we ain't going to be in here anytime soon. We got there. We parked at five 30. The show didn't start till eight. We, we got there. We left my house at three 30. So it took forever to even park. You could tell real quick. So people started walking down this highway. Well, drinking gets dark. People drive. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was bad. So then you had people in the ADA people, you know, disabilities and stuff. They were parking, having, they, they had no way to get in because it was all, it's all like, it's just a disaster. You know, it's all, none of it's paved and it's like, you could tell they put it together. Real, it's cool when you get in there. But so, yeah, it was like once you knew Saturday, you know, you knew how bad it was. We parked on site. It was a lot like you were more prepared. But man, Friday was like, I thought I was going to have to like camp out that night. Like, cause we waited three hours to even get on a bus. Um, wow. That night. It was like I told you that next day. I was like, you, cause you were going to go with me. And I was like, be glad you did not go, dude. Yeah, I was going to go. I didn't, I didn't really want to go to see him, but just to go to hang out and, you know, didn't. And boy, am I glad because that doesn't sound like a fun hangout. <laughs> and like I said, I love your parents to death, but. I can't imagine they were handling any of that very well. Oh, my mom was. Yeah. She was not happy. And that's not a knock on your parents. That's any parent. Like, can you imagine Papa Dude in that? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. And it's like, you know, my parents are, you know, my mom's knees aren't great. My dad yeah. is like, it's like they're old, getting older now. Right. And so you're like, we're walking a ton, um, even in waiting. And you just like, for me, I was like, whatever, like this sucks. But you know, like, I can deal with it. But when you, when you get to this age, you know, your parents, like you, you start to take care of them a little bit, you know, look out for them more because, and you're like, shit, this sucks. You know? Um, she was really, she's not real thrilled. Like it's one of those things. Like I went the next day and I had a great time and she's like, I don't want to hear about it. Okay. <laughs> she's like, I'm glad you went. I'm glad you had fun, but I don't want to hear about it. So poor Suze. I know she's all right though. You know? Yeah. Well, but once you got, got in there Friday night, she had a hell of a time. <laughs> I could see that too. <laughs> They're off in the Breeders' Cup. 14 Breeders' Cup winning your end races this weekend, Friday through Sunday, are left on the slate before we wrap this puppy up. And we're going to go through all 14 Halterman. I hope you're ready. Um, I don't know that I'm ready, but we're going to do it anyways. So we're going to start. With fr so we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll start at uh, Friday, of course, opening day of the Keeneland Fall Meet. Three races on that day, uh, October 7th at Keeneland, our Breeders' Cup winning your end races. And we'll start with race seven, Saul Keenan Ogden Phoenix Stakes. Um, it's a great two or 350K uh, for three-year-olds and up going six furlongs. And it is a Breeders' Cup winning your end. So they're all Breeders' Cup winning your events. So I'm just going to say it's, a, it's for the sprint, okay? It's for the sprint. Halterman, uh, eight eight horses line up here. Five to two on Sybilis versus Special Reserve at two to one. Are you going one of those? 
No, I'm not. Uh, I, this race is pretty special. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of heavy hitters in here. I think there's going to be kind of a speedy race. I think the two, three, five could all kind of hook up up front. Uh, I do like that the two special reserve has kind of got back into some decent form, but I want somebody a little bit off the pace. I'm going to go with the steady hand, number six, Necker Island on top in this spot. I think they're going to come back to him enough. His last three races have been really good. Really, you could date back and say his last five have been pretty good. Since moving over to the Chris Hartman barn, he's ran very well. Uh, you know, Hartman had a really good meet at Churchill Downs. He's never been great at Keeneland, but he also hasn't had horses quite as good as what he's got right now. So I'm going to give Necker Island a shot to kind of kick us off here at 7-2. to two. Um, I, I just kind of think he's kind of the slow and steady horse. And if there is a little bit of a pace duel up front, I think he can pick up the pieces. Yeah, I definitely agree with the pace uh, situation. So when they really, you know, the first half of this race or so, I guess I'll know. But I like the five Sybilis on top. Just be, but I need to know that this horse is not going to go out for the lead and, and try to battle with special reserve. This horse definitely has a ton of speed, which I like. But drawing outside of the speed, I thought was the, the was enough for me to be like, all right, I'll take the five. Hopefully the five can sit out. Alvarado can sit off of the speed a little bit and then pounce late, you know, one for one at Keeneland, um, five starts to the distance, two wins in a second. You get Alvarado and uh, O'Dwyer uh, combo, which is uh, hits at a nice 43% in seven starts. So I think the fact that they drew outside, now it is a class test, but this horse has just been really, really good um, as of late, rattling off two wins in a row by uh, three and three quarters lengths and seven and a half lengths. So in a field that I don't necessarily think is great, uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a new shooter, but I need this horse to be sitting off the pace. I don't necessarily think anything can come out of this race, um, you know, to, to test Jackie, but uh, needless to say, it is it is a winning you're in. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to the next one here. Let's go to race eight, the JP Morgan Chase Jesamine Stakes, grade two, 350K for Phillies, two-year-olds going to one. One sixteenth miles on the turf, juvenile Phillies turf, winning your in on the line, and <laughs> get ready. Field twelve lines up for this one, and I, I looked at this division earlier as far as the my top five. It's a tough division, uh, easily the tough division. Four to one on Delight, six to one on Promise of Hope, five to one on Happy Gal, nine to two on Toehead. All right, take a shot, man. Well, let's keep the upset train rolling. Hopefully, I've got uh, a big price in this one. I'm going to go to the rail. Number one, Sabalinka on top in this spot. Uh, the horse two back was uh, not great, but not terrible. Was second on debut. Uh, got beat three and a half links in a maiden special weight at Colonial. Went to Kentucky Downs. Jose Ortiz jumps aboard. This horse wins and looked very impressive down the stretch. Able to hold on, win by a nose. I like the stretch out in distance for this horse today. I really like that Jose Ortiz jumps back aboard. I really like that the horse comes from out of it because this looks like another race that's going to be really fast up front. And I think the number one in this price at 10 to 1 is where I'm going. So I'm going Sabalinka on top. I like it. I almost picked that horse on top. I'm going with a, bit of a little bit of a price here as well with number seven, Bling. Um, you know, debuted on the dirt, did not go well. Then the horse goes uh, to the turf next time out to, uh, and really looked good. 
uh, ran a nice number that day and, you know, fit one by three and three quarters links going five and a half furlongs. So you got to think the stretch out will be fine. Sired by the one and the only American Pharaoh and the damn Blonde Bomber. Remember that horse? So out of Fort Lawrence. So I think going longer will be uh, right up this horse's alley. And I hope you can get that six to one because, you know, I I, I like this uh, Victoria Oliver. I think sometimes you can get some nice prices with her. And I don't know, I, the seven bling in a race that I just don't have, like, you know, like Toehead at nine to two, drawn all the way outside. I don't have a lot of, uh, of faith in that. So I'll be honest, I got a lot of horses in that six to 10 to one range that I'm going to give out on today's show. So here's the kickoff of that number seven bling uh, for me here. All right, let's go to the next one on uh friday number ace nine the darley house by stakes grade one worth 500k for phillies two-year-olds going one and one sixteenth miles it's a breeders cup when you're in for the juvenile phillies and halterman i thought an interesting horse in this race one that i had looked at earlier in the day as far as like kind of the contenders for um this division is the two chop chop i mean a horse that you would have thought uh could have ended up running that race prior but now you know Brad Cox wants to try this horse on the dirt. What do you make of that choice? I thought it was interesting. I definitely think the two's got a shot here, but like I said, it kind of seems like this horse maybe should have been on the turf. So you scratch your head a little bit with that. You know, he kind of did that with a horse named Turner Lou. So at fairgrounds uh, for the three-year-old year uh, this year and, and was able to pick up a win. So yeah, I think you got to have the horse um, around your tickets for sure. Uh, on top, I went number four, Raging Sea. For Chad Brown. And listen, if you watched my preview last weekend of the Frazette, I talked about Raging Sea because she was entered in that spot. And I said a one-turn mile probably is not the best for her. I think Chocolate Gelato will, will be able to beat her. But look out for Raging Sea closing. I think she'll be better once she gets to two turns. Well, look where we're at. <laughs> we scratched out of the Frazette. Now we're in the Darley Alcibiades. A two-turn mile and a 16th race. This horse by Curlin out of the Stormcat Mare was able to win at seven furlongs at Saratoga on debut. But again, I really think two turns is where this horse will excel. I think she can has enough speed to sit like a stocking trip behind another race where there looks to be a ton of speed. I think she's the first to kind of click a uh, kick home. So I like number four, Raging Sea in the Alcibiades. It seems like a division that uh, is still somewhat questionable right so it definitely seems like you, you could see we're going to talk about the juvenile phillies uh, in the chandelier uh here in a little bit at santa anita but yeah i mean it definitely feels like a, a division that we're still waiting to figure out a horse that might come in um listen i i mentioned the horse i i ended up, i ended up going with chop chop because i i thought the i might pick the horse if the horse was running in the other race and i, I thought well that's weird why would you, you know a horse that would seemingly be a very low price um you know on the turf why is this horse running here and it's obviously a big purchase price horse um you know brad cox you know the whole nine yards why are they running the horse in this race this late in the game and prior to the breeders cup well obviously he thinks the horse will be fine rosario jumps aboard which i like um and i you know the horse has kind of proven that you know the going a mile the first two starts and and one and obviously looks like you know the longer the better for this horse um, the last those two starts so obviously he sees something here um getting that 12 to 1 i doubt we get it i mean if this horse has any sort of hype this horse will be bet down but you'll still get a price 
Uh, so I'm gonna go with number two, Chop Chop. There's just too many, uh, too many question marks there with me in, ter in terms of why are they riding this horse here uh, when they could have had the horse kind of with, with seemingly a, a, an open shot to win a, a Breeders' Cup, really, um, if that horse was any good on the turf. Running here, so uh, Chop Chop. Yeah, Wonder Wheel was a horse, Dennis, that I looked at, obviously, you know, you know, finished second that day to leave no trace. I mean, certainly is a horse that could rebound and, and run back to that, you know, one, two in a row very nicely. So, uh, you know, Wonder Wheel to me is a horse that could definitely win here, no doubt. Draw, draws the rail, doesn't have a distance pedigree is the only problem. Um, I, I don't consider nine to two great value, but I, if you like Wonder Wheel, it is a price that you can play. Like it's not, she, she's going to be a playable price in this race. Where last time out, she kind of wasn't. I mean, seven to five was pretty, pretty low. All right, let's go to uh, Belmont at the Big A for one race here. Race five, the Vosburgh Stakes on Saturday. Again, this is moving to Saturday. The Vosburgh Stakes, grade two, 250K for three-year-olds and up, going seven furlongs. It's, it is uh, another sprint race here. Guitar Racing Sprint, when you're in. And uh, we got a small field here, Halterman Field of Five. Lines up here, Elite Power six to five versus the one Southern District at two to one. Obviously, all pretty low prices considering the short field. What do you think? I mean, it's a joke. This race, complete joke. I mean, a travesty that the Vosburgh is a five-horse field with no horses that are any good. I mean, that's that's just sad. I'll go number four, Elite Power on top. The horse definitely it seems to kind of be an up-and-comer horse that probably could be a stakes horse, uh, you know, and, and maybe could compete. You know, you think about it. If the horse was in the Phoenix, maybe you, you'd pick Elite Power. You know, it could, could compete maybe. So I'll take a shot with Elite Power here in this one. I don't really care, uh, you know, as far as going forward, what happens as far as the Breeders' Cup goes. But Elite Power on top for me. Yeah, this race <clears throat> kind of sucks, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially when you consider, like, I'm ex you know, obviously excited for the Joe Hirsch um, with with seeing what happens with uh, Warlike Goddess and foe with some of those but you know that being a bigger that probably has more implications in terms of the the breeders cup goes than this race does uh i went with southern district you know you you looked at this horse i don't know what that was last time out I have no idea uh bad I, it makes no i mean it was beyond bad you know got beat by what 20 links almost obviously when, when the performances are that bad you got to think something went wrong Right, whatever it was, something went wrong because this horse had, had rattled off three wins in a row, very dominating fashion as well. Chad Brown brings uh, brings him back here, going seven furlongs. I mean, got to think the horse is doing. You know, the number, the thing about this is like when the when the horse ran runs well. I mean, the numbers he should win, right? Um, it's just a matter of can he get back to that race, um, that the, back to that form versus what we saw last time out. So. Southern District for me, but uh, yeah, again, I don't, I don't take a lot of. Uh, this race is like whatever for me, you know. It's, I don't, I don't care one way or another. Um, what happens here? It doesn't make a lot of difference for, for me. For the for the Breeders' Cup, tune in later on that Belmont at the Big A card when we're like Goddess takes on the boys. That's that's the one to really watch. This yeah, one. we might as well just look at that real fast. I mean, here's the field here. It's race eight on the car later in that car, like Halterman mentioned. Uh, Warlike Goddess is seven to five, obviously taking on the boys uh, here. And uh, you got Gafo at two to one, Soldier Rising, Rock Emperor, Adamo, you know, those horses. But it's a, such a key race, going a mile and a half. Warlike Goddess, Bill Mott is 
has said, like, if we're going to run in the Breeders' Cup, it's going to be, you know, going a mile and a half, which is the turf. Um, so, you know, if she can't, like, say she can't win here, then I don't know that you'll see her in the Breeders' Cup because he might be like, well, if she can't beat these boys, she's not going to beat the international boys that come over. So um, this is a big race for her. And kind of he thinks that the mile and a half is the only kind of the only way she's going to um, have a chance. I mean, you said it. If you can't beat these, <laughs> you might go to the Philly Mare Turf. <laughs> yeah, or or not even run in the Breeders' Cup. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe they just take out take the break. I'd be surprised, but he kind of seems like it. It kind of the way I read into it was like, listen, if we're going to run the Breeders' Cup, it's going to be in that race. It's like so. I don't know what Europeans are coming over, but she can beat our horses. <laughs> I'm yeah, confident. well, first of all, the, the ride last time was atrocious, which got her beat. Um, and you may not even be having that conversation if the ride's a little bit better, right? Yeah. Um, certainly is probably better than a mile and a half, no doubt about it. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, even if she can't quite get it done here or, or wins, but it's very close, like, I don't think you, I still think you consider running her in the Breeders' Cup no matter what, right? <laughs> I, I would, yeah. All right, let's go to. Uh, Let's go to Keelan. Um, let's see. <clears throat> These are all out of order. Let's go to the Thoroughbred uh, TCA. Let's race seven. <clears throat> the Thoroughbred Club America Stakes, grade two. We're 350K for Phillies Mayor, three-year-olds and up going six furlongs. Field of nine lines up for this. Uh, Breeders' Cup winner in for the Philly and Mayor Sprint. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that... Uh, any of these horses are legit players, but you've got slammed at three to one. You've got nine to two on club car. You got five to one at Caribbean Capper, Wisconsin at eight to one, uh, Palm Cottage at four to one. Where'd you go? Yeah, I think this is a pretty darn good race. I, I'm pretty excited uh, to kind of see it. I don't know that we're going to see, like you said, uh, like a British Cup winner out of this one, but I do think it's it's a competitive field. Yeah. I'm, I couldn't get away from the number seven slammed. I thought the race uh, two back was really good and allowance win at Del Mar. I thought her and Edgeway really put on a show last time out at Del Mar in that grade three race. They were kind of head to head the whole stretch. Edgeway gets clear, but to be fair, Edgeway would be my pick if she was here. So I'll go ahead and take slammed in this spot and we'll see if Todd Finster can win a big race and a Breeders' Cup winning your end race on a back-to-back weekends. That'd be kind of cool. So I'll take slammed. I do think it's competitive, though. I, I do think there's a lot of different ways you can go here. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know that I. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a great race to bet, which is why I went with the price here. I went with number eight, Joyful Cadence, um, at ten to one. I, I just, you know, you look at the last. Let's look at the last like four efforts. You know, got get to beat uh, narrowly uh, by Sconson. Uh, going you know going six furlongs at churchill and then wins um of course at at uh, prairie meadows then the last two who should get beat by bell's the one i mean that's a pretty damn good horse uh both races very good both both races good efforts you got to think the fact that um they're here this horse you know 11 starts at the distance four wins four seconds three thirds i mean there's no doubt the horse is going to run well it's just a matter of can she get it done so i'm willing to take a price uh here and just hope that she can um do enough to get it done i'd like to have see her sit just off the pace a little bit because i do think there's a plenty of uh, other speed in here uh the seven i think obviously is a horse that could sit off of it as well 
Wisconsin, you know, the, the old girl's still going, but I just, you just I don't trust her enough um, to get the job done. Uh, I thought a lot about the one. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, it's just one of those races that none of these that none of these uh, horses are really going to surprise me. And then you got the four. Yeah, Shoddy, the four is interesting because the four is a horse that we've very lightly seen. Has never, has only ran six times in a career, five wins, dominated first five races of the of uh of her career and then hadn't seen her since september of 2021 came back in august and wasn't great you know and and you kind of you wonder was it the layoff that did it is was whatever the reason that happened is she not the same now like there's too many question marks for her but she certainly could run if she runs back to those races she might be really tough to beat um here but you know too much of that of question marks i'm gonna need all of that five to one and then some so um but i get why you would like her well the thing about that horse what we always say is when you've got a really good one you don't lay them off for 325 days unless something's going on so that is the worry yeah and you just and like you say like you know it's like well why were you off that long you know mm -hmm. and what happened and what you know obviously if you can if she came back and dominated again you think well whatever the reason was she's fine but it was not like she had been running. No. Um, and so that's the concern. All right, let's go to race nine, the Claiborne Breeders for Charity, grade one, 600K. Two-year-olds going mile of 16th. This is, of course, a winning your in for the TVG Juvenile. So we've got a couple juvenile races we're going to talk about as far as the TVG Juvenile goes. The American Ferro Stakes we'll talk about here in a second. But Alterman, huge field here. Field of 14 two-year-olds going a mile 16th at Keeneland. What could go wrong? I almost pulled the trigger on a lot of long shots in here, but at the end of the day, I think the number seven Forte is the horse to beat. I think he's just a little bit better than these runners. If you look at his past performances, if you draw a line through the Sanford, I think this horse is like seven to five coming into this race. And, you know, just didn't run very well in the Sanford for whatever reason, but came back and absolutely blitzed them in the hopeful I think the stretch out is what this horse really needs. And yet another pace at Keeneland on opening weekend, where the pace looks nuts. And I think he could benefit from it the most, being Forte, that a seven horse. So I'm going to go with number seven, Forte. I think the horse um, is it, kind of coming on at the right time. I think the two turns is going to be really good for him. So I hated to take the favorite in this spot, but I, I just simply think this is the best horse. Yeah, it's uh, certainly the horse that, to beat. I, you know, I I remember making a lot of money on Forte that day in the hopeful, um, but you know, I, I just I, I'm I'm looking. So my I was I have my strategy for this uh, these next uh, well Saturday and Sunday especially as I'm taking a lot of McPeak horses. That he's at he's he's got the McPeak sweet zone happening this weekend with a lot of his horses are that ten to 15 to one range, which is right, perfect. And I think the three honed kind of fits a, a McPeak kind of uh, two-year-old winner at one of these races, uh, pretty pretty spot on. You know, debuts, wins, then of course goes to that Iroquois where the horse is 54 to one and damn near wins, wins the thing. We'll run second at a huge price to Curly Jack that day. Now the Iroquois, like, you know, I, I get it. The Iroquois, we, we've established that that race doesn't mean much moving forward, but this horse seems like if you can get the 12 to one is a little bit, uh, there's a little bit of value there with that horse, considering how well he's ran his first two starts of his career. So 
maybe you get he, he gets forgotten because the you know you look at that you're like oh he's 54 to one who cares not gonna um you know use him here but you know like mcpeak has a way of getting these kind of horses that have ran well at big prices to kind of pop and win one of these races like this so oh with number three honed i, I definitely there's a like i'm with you man there was you know a lot in here that you could pull the trigger on um you know loggins i think is interesting at four to one i know that's not a, necessarily a long shot um but you know what do you make of uh <clears throat> uh newgate in here with bob baffert yeah, he's won at 20 to 1. That does make sense. If you like Cave Rock, you know, this horse was in the same race as Cave Rock last time out, got beat by 10 and a half, but, you know, maybe he could come back and flatter Cave Rock. I, I listen, you talked about one M M McPeak with a shot. I think the other McPeak, the number yeah. one for us at departure, was one yeah. I really thought about putting on top, who really seemed to woke up, wake up last time out and could improve going longer. So, yeah, there's a ton of ways you can go. I mean, a ton. The two-horse logins we haven't even discussed. That horse, what's what's to say he won't run extremely well? He won by eight and a half on debut. So this is a deep field. And, and typically a fairly productive race this is moving forward. Um, you know, may not be this year with, with the American Pharaoh Stakes and what we got looming in that one. But yeah, definitely, this is a hell of a race. This will be a hell of a, a finish, you would think, because these horses... Are seemingly pretty equal, and if Forte goes and wins, then you can say, "Well, this is that might be a decent horse," you know. Um, yeah. Heading into the uh, into the Breeders' Cup. All right, let's go uh, to the next one here. Race ten, the Coolmore Turf Mile Stakes, Grade One, million dollars for three-year-olds and up, going one mile on the turf. Another huge field of twelve. Halterman lines up here, and man, you talk about just Breeders' Cup implications on the line. I mean, obviously, this is. Um, a win you're in for the fan duel mile, but they're all over the place as far as horses that you think are going to be those mile type horses at the Breeders' Cup. I mean, uh, you look at, you know, Casa Creed has been running better than ever. Annapolis, uh, Santine, Ivar, Mason, uh, Order, of, Order of Australia comes here. Uh, Smooth like straight, who, I mean, it may be the most consistent yet non winnable horse in the country. Uh, where are you going, man? Dude, this race is awesome. It may be the best turf race we've seen all year long. Um, like I, I jumped back and forth between eight or nine horses. I'm going to go with the number 12 set piece to win this one. I cannot believe he's 15 to one. That is fantastic. I hope we get it. At least hope we get a double digit price. Look, it's the theme I've been pushing at Keeneland, but every race sets up like this. There's so much speed in this race. There's so much speed. You know who could benefit from that speed the most? Set piece. He's the best closer in the race. So uh, I think it's between him and Costa Creed. I like both of them. They kind of come from out of it uh, here and have a big time shot. But I put the 15 to 1 shot on top. I, I really do like the 12 in the spot. Yes, uh, I agree. This is Vachon. This is a race you yep. can go like seven deep and you seven deep and you still might miss it. That's yep. the kind of race this is because honestly, it feels like one of those races that your horse can either have a bad trip or your horse can run really well and run second to a crazy price, or whatever. I listen, you said it. I'm just picking a different horse. I went number six, Ivar. Uh, I feel like this horse is just right on the edge of running a big race. You know, you know, we hadn't seen since November. Comes back, wins, runs a good race in the Woodbine Mile. Just modern games, obviously. I mean, that's that's I, I think mine and your both winner of the Breeders' Cup pick right now. Um, 
ran well, just, you know, just got beat by modern games. So to me, this is a, a horse who can come in and, and finally kind of break through. It obviously likes Keeneland, likes the distance, you know, is capable of running big races. And like you said, the pace, you're looking for a horse with pace meltdown, you know, written all over it. And I think Ivar um, is that kind of horse that can do it well. So I, I'm with, I'm with six. I, I don't think he can win the Breeders' Cup, but I think this is kind of maybe his race that he can win. Uh, any other thought? Oh, Annapolis. How about Annapolis? I'm surprised you didn't go to Annapolis. Do you think the class is too much? I'm a little worried about the class, but I'm going to have that horse on a ticket. I'm definitely not going to let Annapolis beat me. I'm excited. I think the mile is going to be perfect for this uh, class. I, I think the longer he goes, he kind of flattens out a bit. I think he's dangerous in this spot, but listen, this is not an easy spot. This is a very, okay, if, he, if Annapolis is very dangerous, Bashan says, he's also in a very tough race, and that's my worry, but he will be on the ticket, no doubt. Classic Causeway, uh, going to set the pace up anyways. Another one, I think the, I think the cutback's going to help, but I, I think it's a little too tough. When I look at, the three-year-old turf division, it doesn't seem to be quite as good as the older turf division. So that's my worry with both Classic Causeway and Annapolis. But Classic Causeway's shown talent, speed over this Keeneland turf course is fine. And then with Annapolis, he's just shown a lot of ability. So I'm not gonna be shocked if either one of them make an impact here. I just kind of went other places on top. Here's the thing, Classic Causeway, speed, smooth like straight, speed. Um mason speed uh santine likes to be forwardly placed annapolis speed forwardly placed uh some like a hot brown speed forwardly placed uh last time out Emer Emer emerity uh i'm sure I messed that up uh was forwardly placed was off of it a lot of time before that um but yeah i mean there's a handful of horses that want to go right this it had <laughs> although sometimes we say that and then like classic causeway's out there on his own you know <laughs> so yeah but that, you never know. That's why I lean towards Casa Creed and set piece. And, uh, you know, your horse Ivar certainly can close and, and, and win this thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely why I'm looking towards, you know, horses that are going to be coming from the back. All right, let's go to, I think that's it for there. Let's go to Santa Anita um, for Saturday. <clears throat> Go to race six, Santa Park, Saturday, the Chandelier Stakes, grade two, 200K, Phillies, two rolls, going mile 16th. Of course, a uh, winning are in for the Net Jets Juvenile Phillies. And you've got a field of seven uh, showing up here. And, you know, I texted you earlier. I said, which Baffert are you going with in both the races? Because you've got kind of the Baffert combo uh, in both of these two year old races at Santa Anita. And you've got number three, home cooking at three to one, and the four, Hunting Coco at seven to two, and and tell me Nolly's uh, at three to one who who beat um, Home Cooking, and then you got Justique at two to one. So it's like, which you can kind of get to take your pick here, whether it be a Baffert or a Miller or a Sheriff's. Yeah, I, I, it's a tricky one. I'm kind of not all for Justique. I know that horse was all the rage. That race didn't come back very strong, uh, you know, as far as a, a, the time goes, but. I, I don't I don't share the opinion that she might be something special. I, I kind of think she needs to show us what she can do here. Home cooking, the three horse to me, 
kind of reminds me a lot of Chocolate Gelato, a horse that was heavily hyped on debut, didn't really live up to it, and then since then has been running better and better. I don't know why we went so fast last time out uh, at Del Mar and the Del Mar Deputant. I feel like this, this pace will slow down and she will be up on the front, but not blazing. And I think she's going to be tough to catch this time around. So I do like the three home cooking to win. I know Justique was able to beat home cooking on debut. Kind of interesting. We haven't seen her since. Like I said, uh, it's kind of a prove it race for me with Justique. Maybe I'll eat my words on that one. Um, but I like number three, home cooking on top. Yeah, you know, I I'm, I kind of shared the same sentiment with you on seven, Justique. I, I don't, this is more of a prove it race for me, for her. I I didn't think the numbers came back super impressive. That race was so fast early on that that really made, I think it flattered and made it look a little more impressive than it really was. Um, but certainly, you know, I love the fact, you know, the justify of the Bernadine mare. I mean, come on. Like, I love the everything about it. I just, you know, I need the horse to prove it to me. Uh, do you think, I kind of wonder, do you, is, there, is there any chance the four is in here to go to the lead? I'm wondering that, too. If the four is maybe the target, going to go to the lead, and then the three is going to get that target to run at, you know? I kind of wonder that, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think I do think Baffert kind of controls the pace with both these horses. Um, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what they'll do there. I, I think Mike Smith being on home cooking tells me that that's the one they like best. Um, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. He plays games. We know that. So we'll see. Well, I went with number three, uh, home cooking as well. I love the route for this horse. Uh, and then the fact that this horse puts up a bullet work last time out. You know, anytime... It, see a two-year-old to put up a bullet work i mean typically for bob baffert typically that, that gives you a good indication that they are doing quite well um and definitely will be forwardly placed so yeah i like the three home cooking surely we're not going to try to go 22 and 44 right mike i mean surely. i hope not please come on mike Mystique uh, will win the race she's gonna win um, okay, real quickly, we'll talk about this uh, for the, these two-year-old races. How serious are, I mean, if Hope Cooking wins, or really any Justique or whoever the winner is, how serious are you uh, looking at them for the Breeders' Cup? I think the Darley Alcibiades and the Chandelier are, are major. You got to watch these races and, and get your opinions because there's not really a, a standout yet uh, in the uh, juvenile fillies. Chocolate Gelato is kind of the leader in the clubhouse. But let's see what we what we find from these two. I think they're very important. I think the winner could come from either race. It just depends on who runs well and who doesn't. All right, I uh, I, I skipped one here. Got a little ahead of myself. Rodeo Drive, the race prior, race five. Um, we'll talk about this one next. Rodeo Drive, grade one, 300K, Phillies and Maris Thrills and up. Uh, going mile and a quarter on the turf, and it's a win you're in for the Maker's Mark Philly Ameriturf. Field of seven. Uh, lines up here. Fluffy socks. Chad Brown, two to one. Maybe gets a little bit of class relief here. What do you think? I like Fluffy socks a bit in the spot. I, I think this is the horse to beat. I try to think about going some other different ways, but I really think she's kind of the one. And like you said, she gets class relief. She she got beat to technical analysis. Lamista, Stolen Holiday, Bleecker Street. I mean, these horses are big favorites if they're here. Um, you know, her deal has kind of started to be, though, having trouble getting to that winner's circle. 
So I think that's why we're here. We're, we're searching for a field where she, it's a little bit easier of a race. Uh, she has shipped to California a couple times in the past. Uh, at Del Mar, she was able to win in 2020, 2021. She was third in a grade one at Del Mar. She did try at the end of the year to ship out here and it was off the turf. And so I don't really count that one against her. She was uh, third in that one. So, but I like her in this spot. I, I think this is just, hey, we can't really compete with my top ones over on the East Coast. Let's take her out West and let's try to get a grade one win. I think also another thing that you didn't even mention that is a huge plus for her is, is the distance. Yeah, I think the mile and a quarter distance for her is something that she hasn't done yet. And and you look at these races, like the Boston Spa, you know, gets beat by technical technical analysis. She's closing. She's closing on technical analysis. You look at the uh, the matchmaker. She's closing on Lamisa. You look at the modesty. She's closing on Bleecker Street. She just runs out of real estate. And now I think she's a little cut below those horses as well. But point is, now she's got the distance. She's getting the distance to run and close into these kind of uh, paces. And then obviously you're not facing anyone um like you know technical analysis and bleaker street in this race no. uh shoddy loves fluffy socks and she loves the horse too so <laughs> i thought that was good yeah it's almost fluffy really socks season right i love fluffy socks yeah yeah it's too hot to wear fluffy socks right now but it's hopefully gonna cool off soon um all right you and i are both on fluffy socks right, let's go to the main event on saturday <clears throat> at Santa Anita race eight, the American Pharaoh stakes grade one, 300 K two year olds going one and one sixteenth miles breeders cup. Winning ran for the TVG juvenile field of eight shows up here. Halterman, like I mentioned before, seems like uh, this time Baffert's got a few in here, three horses in particular, the five cave rock, your fortified morning line favorite, but you also have um, the horse just to the outside national treasure at six to one and Hijazi maybe at five to two uh bob baffert and mike smith team up there as well so cave rock halterman four to five what do you think well isn't this interesting that the three main challengers are all the baffert runners right uh each one of them interesting within themselves cave rock that's the monster right that's the one everybody's going nuts over and rightfully so six national treasure horse you cashed in on on that debut race uh on i believe that was pacific classic day that horse debuted and, uh, and then of course you got Hajazi, the horse that it uh, cost uh, you know over I mean, just a ton of money. Can't remember the exact number. Three point five five million. But has not broken its maiden yet. So. And who did the horse get beat by? Speedboat Beach. Yes. And Speedboat Beach did not come back and run that kind of number anywhere close. Now the caveat there, he tried the turf, so that could be why. A lot of question marks. I'm going Cave Rock on top. I'm not going to be shocked if he gets beat. Because when Baffert enters three, weird shit happens. I think Cave Rock's the best horse. I'm not going to be shocked if he gets beat, though. I mean, I am I kind of share that sentiment when I look. I was like, yeah, you know, Cave Rock, definitely the horse that, to beat here. Um, but, yeah, especially the <clears throat> Majazi. That horse... You know, this is the same, you know, if you're saying, like, that's crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, Taba, like, same connection, Sedan Racing, um, <clears throat> spend that kind of money. Bernardini uh, by a Megadon Dioro uh, mayor. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, like you say, it hasn't it hasn't won yet. Second back-to-back -back starts, but stretching out, you got to think, is going to be a huge uh, help to this horse. And we talked about Mike Smith and Baffert. That seems to be, you know, that if you kind of lean towards that, uh, most of the time and and 
you know, there he is. So he, he to me, might be more interesting than <clears throat> the six. Although I like, I have a special place in my heart for the six for that nice, pe- nice uh, ticket we had we hit that day. At like I think it was like three, four to one somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, I do think whoever wins this race is a very like if Cave Rock wins, obviously very much a contender right (laughs) for the breeders cup big time uh but really any of these horses uh especially out of this bob baffert barn come and win this thing like d8 is supposed to be special right it has to be you spend that kind of money on it. the horse is supposed to be special i would not be shocked at all if the eight won this race not at all and the horse worked out fantastic his last workout was fantastic you just said it he isn't winning at five and a half furlongs, but really, should he? Like, with that pedigree? No. I mean, he might stretch out and be really, really good. I Again, I, it's hard for me to go against Cave Rock because that horse has looked like a freak in two starts. But he's got these other horses in there for a reason. So we're going to see what happens. I, I'm just skeptical of Baffert. It, well, we all should be. Uh, you know, and like I said, last week he entered four horses in that race, and one of the other ones won it. I think you better be careful with this race on Saturday. Does the winner of this race automatically, I don't say automatically, but automatically become the front runner for you in terms of your Breeders' Cup pick? Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, pending also what we're going to see in the futurity. I don't love what we've seen so far out of New York. Um, So we'll see if anything kind of jumps out of that race. But it seems like, you know, if Cave Rock wins, obviously huge favorite. If he gets upset... If it's a good performance, I mean, obviously they're going to become the favorite. So I, I definitely am looking for this race to produce uh, the the uh, juvenile winner this year and could be back here next week and totally have a different opinion. But that's what I'm expecting going into Saturday. Well, yeah, Matt, and you've got three very serious, uh, seemingly seriously, you know, well-bred, just scream Kentucky Derby type horses moving forward as we move into the three-year-old years. But for this race... Uh, for Saturday, Halter and I both are on number five, Cave Rock. All right, let's go Sunday. Four to go. Four to go. You guys are doing well. You already got the drinks. You get, you know, everyone need to go pee real quick. Whatever you need to do, hang on. Um, you guys are doing great though. I, I'm personally am thirsty and need to pee, but that's just. <laughs> All right, let's go to Keelan on. Sunday, race six, the Indian Summer Stakes, 250K for two-year-olds going five and a half furlongs on the turf. Field of 11, Alterman for this one. It is a winning you're in for the Juvenile Turf Sprint. Anytime you got Turf Sprint and Wesley Ward's got a few, you know the horses are the ones to look at first. Love Reigns and No Nay Hudson. I'm going to guess you went one of them. Oh, look, there's the next Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint winner. Number five, Rob <laughs> Reigns, is in this race. Cool. Well, I think this horse is really, really good. Uh, honestly, great debut over this turf course. Tried Ascot, ran really well. You know, fourth, got beaten three. What are you going to do? You know, that just happens over there. It's tough to win. Came back Saratoga. I was so happy uh, and high on this horse going into the Bolton Landing. And just looked great and just ran away from them. Never really any doubt in this race. She runs that kind of race on Sunday. It is over. They're not going to beat her. So I'm going to go number five. Love Reigns on top. I do think his other horse, the seven, No Nay Hudson, is going to be a little bit tough as well. But give me every bit of Love Reigns. Yeah, this horse is uh, seemingly going to be very, very tough to beat here. 
Uh, very good. Both career starts here in the United States, like you mentioned. One at Keeneland was awesome. Yeah, uh, you know, bringing him to, uh, to Ascot or bringing her to Ascot. You know, again, this is a Philly facing the boys here. So you you know, you know that he thinks uh, highly of this. I, I mean, I like Nona Hudson as well. This horse looked mm -hmm. good. Um, last start didn't win, but ran a nice race. But I mean, Wesley Ward clearly is the horse to beat here. Love Reigns. I'm with you. I'm not going to get too. Uh, it's just the horse is a standout. Um, no doubt about it. So I'm with you. I like Love Reigns here as well. All right, let's go to race uh, <clears throat> eight. The Castle and Key Bourbon Stakes, grade two, 350K. Two-year-old's going to mile 16th on the turf. A when you're in for the juvenile turf. And uh, here you go. Alterman Field of 12 shows up here. All? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not real confident in any of these. Uh, I like Ayasat. That's great. <sighs> Look, I I went with the number three reckoning force. We don't have odds yet, so I could change. I don't want to play this horse at a real short price. I did think he improved quite a bit last time out. I am worried, though, that that was Kentucky Downs, and you never really know what the hell that's going to translate to when they get away from that place. This is a nutty race. Uh, but in the end, I, I did go with the number three reckoning force. I do like Rosario jumping back aboard today. Yeah, makes it tricky with no odds uh, at this point. So, yeah, I agree that, you know, the, the odds could could change a little bit or the picks could change a little bit. I, I I told you I'm going with this this theory. And, again, let's, you know, if this horse is like 92, then pass. But I went with number one, B minor um, for McPeak. Hernandez aboard again here. And, you know, this horse debuted on the turf going five and a half or going seven furlongs, I'm sorry, and was not good at all. Um, Gaslight Dancer uh, won that race, but comes back, runs at Churchill Downs on the dirt and wins and does it nicely. Looks good um, going a mile. Now the horse is going to be stretching out again to mile 16th. To me, that tells me the horse, he, he needed the horse to, in a start to go longer, happened to be on the dirt. Mendelssohn is a sire here. Um, you got to think the turf could be wrapped this horse's alley. I don't necessarily think that the horse can't run on the turf based off of that first race. I just think the horse, you know, first race at Kentucky Downs, like shit can happen, right? Um, so I'm going to give the horse another chance on the turf going longer, which I think the horse wants to do. Kind of another horse to me that screams like that McPeak angle of, well, he looked like shit at one point on the turf, but now he comes back to the turf and looks good. Um, so I'm with B minor here. Never notice all these McPeak horses, they always look the same when you when you look at the past performances. Like, well, they've been on the turf, they've been on the dirt, kind of ran better on the turf, but now we're on the dirt, or vice versa. And it's just like, I just I, to me, it's just like his training method as far as entering horses into races is yeah, just wherever we think we might want to run, just throw him in there. It's like, wait, 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 he's never ran on the turf and he's really good on the dirt. Well, this is the race, like it's his time. I know. That's why that's why I feel like I've gotten so good at you like it's all, it's all like a okay he's like you got to check the boxes like is the horse 10 to 1 plus check yeah. okay that makes sense does the horse have some kind of like you know has ran well once but then look really really ran shitty another time yep okay the 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 turf and the the, the like the um, surface switch means nothing really nope. not a at thing all. not nope. yeah <laughs> Because, you know, after the race, it's like, well, you know, we always like the horse on turf. He yeah. just, whatever, there's like a reason they didn't run him. So, like, especially when it comes to McPeak, it doesn't matter. It does not matter whatsoever. So, yeah, I just, uh, 
No, the only angle you can feel good about with McPeak is don't play him at short odds. You can't bet, period. You can't bet him as a favorite. End of the story. Um, but anything short, just you can't sleep at night knowing you did that. Okay, it's it's a three-pronged thing. Long odds is far away. Like, that's way up here, number one. Number two, he has to have at least one race where he won, and it's like, yeah, or he or she won, and it's like, that was decent, right? And number three, they can't really look like they really fit into the race. Right? Like, they can't run so good where their numbers are kind of close to some of the main contenders. They need to be a little bit of a cut below. Right. They need to show something to where you're like, yeah, that, that was decent, you know? Like, yes, like this works. Even even that 91, well, I'm looking at time form, even the time form number that he got, it's not quite good enough. It's not awful, but it's not quite good enough. But you see it and you're like, okay, that was decent. He's going to be 10 to 1. He doesn't fit. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. If he fits, then it makes no sense to play. Nope. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. And like you said, um, or like we were talking about earlier, it's like all you got to do is hit one McPeak at like this this kind of McPeak course and it makes for your day, right? Um, and so you got to find those ways. I, like I have no problem playing a McPeak course um, at these prices, but I do if they're, um, like you say, they're, you, it makes no sense to play them. Um, a, a good place to start is you look at his entries and go, huh, that's weird. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yep. It's like, why would he be in that race? Like, all right, now I got to pick the damn horse. So now, has he looked good at any point? Okay. Yeah. Maybe here. And it's like, okay. Oh God. Is he 10 to one? Oh, he's 15. Perfect. Cause like the canned response for always from him is like, well, we always thought this horse was be pretty good. I always liked this horse a lot, you know? And it's like, yeah, of course you did. Um, yeah. You know, so the horse has to have some sort of decent effort at some point and then yeah. you're good to go. Yep. All right, talking about decent efforts, let's go to the next race here. Um, Judmont, race nine, the Judmont Spencer, grade one, 600K. Again, these races are on Sunday at Keeneland for Phillies and Mares. Three-year-olds and up one, one and eighth miles. Field of five uh, shows up here. Malathot versus Latruska Halterman. We get another rematch between these guys, girls, I should say. Can Mal... <laughs> this is like the ultimate race where it's like, well, I don't trust any of them. So who am I going to pick? Uh, I'm going to be miserable watching this race. I I can't pick Latruska. I mean... No, you can't. But I never get Malifat right. Ever. Nope. Nope. So I'm pick, picking Malifat. You could probably <laughs> just play your pick fours and fives. Just leave her out and play the other four. I mean, I'm picking her. She should win. It, she has no excuse to lose. She'll probably lose. That's how I feel about it. Well, here's the thing. Mal thought you can't you can't trust you know I was finally you and I both were finally against her like officially against her in the personal instant she wins um, saw that in person that was fun and uh, Army wife is not good enough to win a race like this Latruska I picked in the personal instant and I loved her trip I thought here we go this is it this is like I got exactly what I wanted search yeah. results isn't pressuring her that much like she can win here she faltered. Um, so I just don't think she's as good as she used to be, you know, and then the other two played hard and princess of Caro. I mean, I, I guess you can make a case for played hard after that last race, but really either one of those two win, it's, it's pretty much a, a, a shocker. So it comes to who you trust more. And I think I barely trust Malathot more, I, I guess, uh, two for two at Keeneland, you know, six starts at this distance, three wins. This is, 
I mean, she she got to win this, right? Like she's she's one of the more frustrating horses in America. You know, everyone says like Nest is who we thought Mal thought was last year, right? Mm -hmm. Like she actually got it done because Mal thought had all these high hopes and it just seems like she can't quite get it done. Um, you know, you look back. The last time she rattled off multiple wins in a row was going into that Kentucky Oaks. We haven't seen her rattle off multiple wins in a row since then. So I guess it's Malathot, but man, would you just play Malathot and, and Latruska and call it a day? I'm just playing Malathot. So you're really against Latruska? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Latruska might win, but no. my God, how can you play her? How did she lose last time? That she had everything her own way. I mean, she doesn't. Jared's right. He you know, says doesn't have like into racing anymore. She doesn't have that fight anymore. Like you know, you go back and you look at. Remember, you know, just the same horse that battled back to Monomoy Girl and beat her. You know, and she certainly doesn't have that in her anymore. You know what I mean? She can't no. do that. And uh, these aren't great horses that she's getting beat by either. I mean, they're not bad, but they're certainly not Monomoy. Um. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, you. I I would I can at least think about Malta or Latruska is like she even though she did finish third that day, like she kind of quits and then she quits hard. Malta's gonna at least give you a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of run for your money. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. You're, you're I mean, gonna, at least should, feel good about the pick at some point in the race. Malta should get to her and if she does i don't know how she didn't pass her i think the four played hard is maybe the alternative you kind of mentioned her mm -hmm. kind of the up and comer sort of so yeah. I that know. last race kind of gives you a little bit of like eh, maybe yeah um is there any what do you take out of this for the distaff i mean obviously nest is the pick but uh anything i mean it if Malthot rattles off two wins in a row going into that do you start to think about her a little bit i just don't see a world where Malthot runs down nest be no. a crazy world to live in but i guess we've seen crazier things i just feel like nest is kind of breathing fire coming into that race yeah i kind of feel like both of these top you know the two top races here um with uh with the distaff and the classic are very top heavy meaning nest and flight line uh seems hard to kind of come up with the way those two get beat but uh that's why they run them all right as our good friend Dwayne lucas says <laughs> um all right final final race we guys did it we made it to the end race 14 we're gonna go to the back belmont at the big a we're gonna go to sunday race six for charity stakes grade three 150k two-year-olds six furlongs on the turf Whew. it's a turf sprint when you're in and uh another Easy field here. We talked about Gaslight Dancer a little bit ago. Eight horses in the race, including that horse. Where'd you go? Now, I do think Gaslight Dancer's got a pretty good shot. But on top, I did go number three, Inflation Nation. This horse has faced really good horses in both races. Lost on debut to a praise by a head. A praise is a horse I really like for Chad Brown. Uh, probably in a division that's just going to be a little too tough for him, uh, being the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. But still, I think, I think he's a good horse. And then the next time out, Inflation Nation wins, gets the job done, beat most Saturdays, a horse that I think is going to be pretty decent. So I think Inflation Nation will be very tough in this race. And yet another race on the weekend looks to have a ton of speed. And I think this horse can just sit off and make a nice run down the stretch. So number three, Inflation Nation for me. Yep. Uh, we, we didn't have, I don't think we had a lot of picks the same today, but uh, we do. I'm with you on this one, Inflation Nation. Um, get Jose Ortiz aboard as well, which I think is nice. 
uh, who teams up with Clement at a nice, um, a nice percentage. So, yeah, I don't know that I love, like, you know, same division as, like, say, Love Reigns, right, that we talked about a second ago. It's going to be tough to beat her. Um, but, you know, I, someone's got to win this one, right? <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. This, this seven Gaslight Dancer will be tough. That'll be a big challenge. It's going to be between those two, I think. Yeah, I read his brother gets aboard this one. You know, this horse uh, debuted on the dirt, did not run well, and then got to the turf, Gaslight Dancer, and just looked really, really good um, at Kentucky Downs, of course. So that sometimes is like kind of like we don't know what that was or like what that surface is going to bring moving forward. But yeah, the horse looked really good on the turf. So certainly um, in with the shot. So there you go. Inflation Nation is going to seal the deal for our 14. Breeders' Cup Challenge Series races that we talked about tonight. And listen, this is it. So once this is over, there's like, I think there's two maybe like overseas at Ascot or something. But it's it. It's done. And all the focus can now shift on who's actually going to go to the races, who we like in those races. The wagering guide is, I think I'll have it available tomorrow, maybe by the weekend to start pre-sale for the wagering guide. We got Slim as part of that. Got so much a part of that. Our, of course, you and I are teaming up for the bankroll. Huge guide coming out for that. So the pre-sale will begin for that. The 14 trends will be starting next week. I'm going to start working on that. Uh, so, yeah, dude, it's like once we get this over, it's like not even take a break. Just move right into how we pick some Breeders' Cup winners. But that's a wrap on the Breeders' Cup winner in series. You said it. Now it's... We're going to analyze the hell out of these races uh, over the weekend. And then starting Monday through the Breeders' Cup, it's all about picking those horses. So that's going to be crazy. Yeah, Breeders' Cup week is always much easier than Derby week because you know the fields way in advance. Oh, yeah. When they they actually get there, it's just finishing up, putting the numbers next to the names. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like every single horse, you know, even the international ones, you know, because yep. you've been researching them for months. Yeah. You've watched replays of every horse and you get the field, you get the field the week before, you know, and you just, it's, yep. it's honestly, when you, for us, like Derby is crazy. When you get to the Breeders' Cup and we're there and we're like, I mean, yeah, we do the shows and stuff. We're busy, but we actually relax a little bit at the Breeders' Cup. At the sure. Breeders' Cup. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Because like, okay, so a ton of work, but you have, like we said, a month to do most of it. Breeders are Kentucky Derby. You do know one, two fields on, on Friday and Saturday. You've known for a long time. The rest of them, you get them on Monday and it's really a month full of work packed into two or three days. Mm-hmm. So there's never a time to even breathe until the Derby's over. And to Jared's point, and I like, I'm a better handicapper, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just natural. I'm just better at handicapping stakes races. Um, just, uh, you know, class, right. You know, just, uh, you can depend on them more. And so that's why I think I do so well at the breeders cup plus like the older, you know, that's why we always tell people that aren't really into horse racing. Like you got to watch breeders cup because yeah, the derby's fun, but those horses are just kids. Like now we're starting, we know what these three-year-olds are, you know, and you know, Tabe is not the same horse he was um back then right and so you like how these horses evolved throughout the year and so you just get a better feel for who these horses are and what you can expect from them whereas the derby it's like this is a shit show you know it's like who guess who's gonna 
you know, go to the pace and who's going to, you know, rich strike. Right. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, I obviously it is so much fun to handicap breeders cup races. I yeah. think. And I, I, you know, I, I think the biggest kind of, cause Jared's right. Uh, the other sense that, you know, these horses, you really don't need the past performances for a lot of them, but the biggest amount of work and where I think our website has improved is the work you can do on the European horses. Cause the last three breeders cup, well, two breeders cups, I should say, we've been really, really good because of the euros, you know? So I think that's kind of, we've, we've gotten better at that. And that's where a lot of that work will, will kind of, you know, get spent. Yep. For sure. Because knowing those angles of which euros are, you know, hyped up and which ones are doing, been running well, like that's huge. Yep. For figuring out a horse, you know, that's good enough to win a race over here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Kevin's right. There's nothing like nailing a Breeders' Cup race. When Adaria and Tarnawa that year, we were all over those horses. Mm. And yeah, that was that. It's an awesome field to watch those horses turn for home. And you're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to win this thing, you know? And then the opposite, when you've studied modern games for a month and he does that and then you don't get rewarded. But yeah. Yeah. But then you, uh, you all, you personally had your top pick was in that. That same year, wasn't it? You had the right was the next year. It was like it was like an 18 to 1 year. That was the Daria in 2000. Daria? Oh, yeah, it was the Daria. I'm thinking of uh who what was the double we played or of the exacta, the straight exacta oh, in the turf. Tarnawa over uh, uh the magical. Other Euro. No, uh Ugh. not magical. He had to beat uh that double Aiden Brian horse. really did magical, yeah. It was magical. There you go. Had um, to be channel maker. Yeah, yeah, barely. Yeah. Uh, Jared, yeah, we did talk about uh, the Lucas Classic a little bit earlier in the intro, and I guess maybe, um, maybe it sounds like Magic Mike did a little bit too. So yeah, um, yeah, Jared, what do you think of the, what do you think of the ordeal? You you may have been there, right, or been around. What do you think of it all? Well, heck, you you might you probably know some people in the barns over there. Like what? That's right. What he may have put the shoe on the horse. Yeah, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting Whitmore right that year was we we did not, by the way, but it was awesome that he did we that he won. But yeah, that, if, if you hit that, that's got to be because he you know that kind of performance when you get when you get a price in the in the at the Breeders' Cup that runs that kind of performance, it's so it's like it's one thing when you get the favorite and it runs a big performance, like great. But when you get when you make an opinion known. And it's 10, 20 to one, whatever in that range. And it runs like that. It's just so awesome. And the Breeders' Cup brings those kind of prices, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't, I think, I think Shoddy's excited about the tournament this weekend. I, I don't know so. for sure. Yeah. I've only seen about 14 comments from her about the tournament. <laughs> I will talk about it, Shoddy. Don't worry. Um, all right, that's all the time. We have checked out at racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Make sure you click the Get Racing News Premium button at the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Remember to uh, be on the lookout for the pre-sale for the Breeders' Cup wagering guide to be available. Um, the pre-sale should start here tomorrow or the, by the weekend. And, of course, um, for the Breeders' Cup, which will be, uh, you know, the end of or the beginning of November but uh, we're, the work's already started on that thing, and we have uh, obviously want to get you guys get your hands on that as soon as you can. So make sure you get your hands on that pre-sale when it is available. 
And yes, Shoddy. Shoddy's mentioned it once or twice. The tournament is back this weekend uh, at Keeneland, of course, for the major uh, day on Saturday, the entire card at Keeneland. So make sure you go to RacingDudes.com and sign up for the Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge. It's, it's all over the, the site. You can go to the products page and you see it there. You can go to the free picks pages, scroll down, it's down there uh, for a link for that. There's an article as well. So if you hadn't played in it, here's what you need to know. Um, we are, we're back at doing the, the Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge, which is uh, basically once a month, maybe a couple times a month, depending on the schedule. Um, qualifiers... For the end of the year, December 26th, Malibu Day, uh, the Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge Championship, where we're offering $500 cash for the winner, $250 bonus, so $750 if you are a premium subscriber on the website. So all the more reason to be a premium subscriber on the website. So $750 if you win the whole damn thing, which is win, winner take all. And we're qualifying people each of these tournaments. So last week, five qualified. Shotty got one qualifying spot. There you go. She's looking for her second to play this weekend and it's a cash game as well so the winner last week i think got 300 it just depends obviously it's 20 dollars entry and then it's a, you know the, the winner um it's like the top five or six win and we're giving a qualifier qualifying spot one of every five entries in the tournament so last week we had 34 entries so we gave away five spots and we'll do another probably five six seven whatever many people get in this thing um on on saturday we'll give more qualifying spots away so they'll the the buildup and, and Halterman, are you still pissed about the idea that you cannot win the cash? Yeah, I'm not playing this week. You tricked me into playing last week. I thought I could win the cash, but if I can, I'm not going to play this week. Well, I don't know what to tell you on that. So <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe shoddy will, you can like pretend you're shoddy and like be shoddy, but you, she can give you the cash. So people can make up fake names and qualify for NHC. So, yeah, I will make up a fake name and qualify for this. Great idea. I'm back in. There you go. Um, top four get money, too. Yeah, exactly. So, I think, you know, top – you basically get your money back if you finish top five and plus you get a qualifying spot for the thing. And, you know, look at – look at <laughs> you look at Shoddy, for instance. She paid – well, I don't know if she had one or two entries last week. But say you had – say you put two entries. You spent $40. Well, you go and win the thing. You spend, you turn forty into a thousand almost. So, um, it's a fun little way to get people in, introduced to tournaments and, of course, compete against us. I'm in it. Halterman's in it. Samich is in it. You know, Magic, uh, Doctor Miranda, everyone's in it that, from the racing dude. So you get to kind of challenge us, but also challenge a lot of the peers uh, that that follow the racing dudes. And 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 you know, it's like these huge cards. So we might as well just like compete against everyone for these big days. Um, Let's see. Jared says he wasn't at the track that day. His big takeaway is Richie Stryker is a legit horse. Not a classic contender, but looking forward to seeing him and running the future. Yeah, I mean, he certainly is proving that while it was still fluky, right, it's becoming less of a fluke that he he actually won the thing. Um, turning into a nice horse, no doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Richie Stryker. Richie Stryker. Dangerous. Uh, we're, we uh, your destination site for all free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks. We're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram, Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off for all the places you listen to podcasts, um, as well as YouTube. So just go to youtube.com slash racing dudes or just search racing dudes and you can find all the video content um, for the, the, the podcast, as well as all the tons and tons of coverage we're doing for the Breeders' Cup right now. Videos for, for every division. 
Uh, so if you want more information on that, make sure you just search for Racing Dudes on YouTube as well. The Magic Mike Show, they did the all-stakes pick five at Keeneland on Saturday. So you get more analysis of that Keeneland um, mega day on Saturday. Make sure you go listen to Magic Mike and all the same platforms. Um, final thoughts, Halterman. Are you taking Denver tonight? I did take Denver uh, there. I got up at minus three. Three and a half is when it starts to get dicey. Well, they're dicey at minus three anyway. Uh, so, yeah, three and a half, not quite sure on that one. But, yeah, I do think Denver wins it. Indianapolis, they are not a good football team, period. They're pretty bad. How did they beat the Chiefs is what I want to know. Because I, with you, I don't think they're a good team at all. And Matt Ryan is, God, he looks like he's 100 years old out there. I've seen the Chiefs play two games that would beat anybody easily. And I've seen the Chiefs play two games that could have been beaten by anybody. So I don't know why they can't play that way every week, but they played probably one of the worst games I've ever seen a football team play in Indianapolis, to be fairly honest. It was awful. <laughs> the, I, I, I'm having this weird, like, new, like, Russell Westbrook might be a creep. Like, I didn't know that until he came to Denver. I really didn't think he was, like, a weird dude. I thought he was just, like, a normal guy. But, yeah, he's weird, man. If if you, if you they, if they, like, had a news story and, like, Russell Wilson does blank, would it surprise you? Anything they put in the blank? No. No, no. me neither. He's a weird dude. And I don't trust weird guys. I don't. Or gals, for that matter. That, 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 <laughs> the, uh, what's he say, uh. What's the little phrase he says? The, 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 the go go Broncos ride ride uh, let's ride or something like that. You know, it's like so awkward. It's weird that like clip where they made him like say the words like over and over. You know, and different. And he's like way too good at it. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country. Let's run. <laughs> we need to put him behind bars before he does something. <laughs> Dude, speaking of true crime shit, have you guys watched the have you watched the Dahmer series on Netflix? Oh, I've been putting it off. I want to. I haven't seen it yet. No. It is I finished it last night. It is crazy. Have you crazy seen good. the memes where they make him look like that character, Russell Wilson? No, they did not. I swear to God. No, they did not. I, swear to <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that. I, Dom, he brought me, reminded me of Dahmer, but uh, I got You got to pull it up now. If I can find it, hold on. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I, I read that it's like the ninth uh, most watched series already on Netflix history. Um, the Dahmer series. It's it's cringeworthy, but I guess that's why <laughs> why it reminded you of of. Uh, of our boy Wilson. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I may have to get on Twitter. I don't know. This may be for the next show. Okay, it, it's yeah. on there, though. I've seen it. All right. Just uh, to go to our Twitter page and make sure you go look for it. We'll find it and retweet it because uh, you guys. Uh, yeah. Sierra must be a weirdo, too, Kevin. I don't know. That might, or, or you ever have you ever seen that movie Get Out? Where, like, she he just is like. Sierra just got him like under wraps, you know, like he's just like a, a he's like a robot. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's it's so I don't know. It's just like he's a weird one, man. He's a weird one, and I'm with you. Like I never saw that out of him, you mm -hmm. know. 
he started doing some weird shit whenever he got to Denver. Like he did some TikToks where I was like, what was that? Yeah. And then I thought, well, that was just weird. And then he keeps doing more and more videos. And then you're like, dude, that's. And then I, there was some people that commented like after the Seattle game, like you go back and watch the like, no, but like there was like very, I think maybe like DK, um, maybe Lockett, but there was like only a couple people that, you know, like came and said hi to him after the game. Like he was like, he was like visually looking around for like people like that's to me, <laughs> to me, that says something, right? Yeah, I know. It's yeah, weird. country. Let's ride. Broncos <laughs> country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. He does like all these different ways. Broncos country. Let's ride. Oh, it's so good. Oh. Great. All right. I can't well, find them. No, let's go watch the Broncos beat the Colts. I got the Broncos too, by the way. So, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, but. Anyways, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, those of you still on here for the 14 um, Breeders' Cup races and, of course, tons more. This is just the first step. Once we get this weekend out of the way, it's all hands-on for the Breeders' Cup in four weeks. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck this weekend, guys. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com. Your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 